0: Sonic states right hello everybody and welcome to sonic talk number two hundred and twenty three almost uh, having a bit of a technical uh, fun here today but uh, we're nearly there so I want to say thank you very much uh, to everybody who's joined us uh, in the chat room we've at the moment we've got uh, plenty of people in there it's a very hot and humid day here and uh, also live we have uh, my good friends mr Dave Spears and Mark Tinley. Dave Spears, uh, GeForceSoftware.com. There you go, Dave.
1: Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Good, I'm glad to hear that. For a, for a man on the edge. Oh dear, it's all getting a bit <laughs> tense, is it? It's a, yeah, good, yeah. I can't wait until June's out of the way. Anyway, let's be positive. Well, it's not
0: long now, only a couple of days. Exactly. And over there, um, over there, we've got Mark Tinley, LikeBeing.com. How are you, Mark?
2: Hello, I'm a bit on the edge as well. Do you think it's the weather?
0: I think it's entirely <laughs> possible with the weather. Like it's, it's almost totally <laughs> it impossible. It's almost totally impossible to figure out um, what's going on, really, because there's just so much uh, hot and cold and warm and, yeah, it's just a nightmare. <sighs> right. Plus calm, everybody. Hey, i tell you what I have got, though. Do you want to see my... Um... <phone rings> just finishing a review of the uh of the expert sleepers ES1 ES3 and uh silent way plugins which we talked about absolutely fantastic i have to say really awesome got it set up polyphonically uh, anyway the, the review should be ready quite soon i think so uh we'll um I hope you enjoy. But I I, I remember thinking it would be everything I hoped it was, and it really is. It's really quite remarkable. Got it set up using uh, Ableton Live in polyphonic mode, playing three voices and controlling things all over the place. Amazing. So um, what I might do is um, let's try and start a topic, shall we? Because that would probably be a good idea. Now, let me see. What I'm looking for is uh, those. And we'll start with, uh, oh, I think it's the to. This is from Quick Quack Audio. It's kind of like a, a really rather fantastic the
3: source, rate, filter.
0: Allows you to sort of draw into the spectrum and just sort of isolate frequencies. In sort of which is a kind of common theme from today. Uh, it runs, I believe, in AU and VSTi anyone get a chance to have a look at this this is mash tax from quick Crack audio it's 50 quid uh, it's got eight stereo areas of shot cut off filtering uh, just level separately in selected uh, zones they call it mash task, mash tactic which uh, is a bit of a tongue twister um i really liked that i thought it was kind of cool how did you feel about it
2: Ah, i thought it was go. interesting i'd like all of these sorts of things and i love the fact that as computers get more and more powerful we're able to manipulate audio in all these interesting new ways so i actually thought it was pretty cool um whether i'd use it or not is a completely different question um probably not but i still think it might be useful for something
0: right i've just got rich hilton um i'm gonna go and get him quickly because um you. he's in
2: brazil <laughs> you might <say> something intelligent. <laughs> he's in brazil <laughs> Hey, fellas.
0: Hey, Rich. I didn't realize you were in Brazil. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Another Wednesday, another country. Yeah, right. Have you literally just got off the plane?
3: Uh, Not too long ago. Oh, Jesus. A long (laughs) flight? It only seemed that way because the large guy next to me was basically almost laying on top of me through the entire thing, which I know sounds incredibly (laughs) unappetizing and was even less pleasant than it sounds. (laughs) Oh, man,
0: I, I, I feel for you, dude.
3: Yeah, well, glad he didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing, I'm, guessing, uh, I'm guessing you're doing some shows, right?
3: Uh, we have a show on Thursday,
0: yeah. Uh, hold on. One show. One show, Jeez. Hi,
3: fellas. Um,
0: Hello. Well, uh, Rich Hilton, of course, Hiltonius, um, globe-trotting, chic player, and also uh, studio guy with Nile Rodgers back in the uh, USA when he'll be back, I guess, at the end of the week. The one uh, after his one gig?
3: Yes, Saturday. Wow. will be back Saturday.
0: Trooping. Excellent. So, uh, well, Rich, thank you. We just had a quick look at the uh, MASH tactic, the kind of fil- the filter cut-off uh, tool, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, it was a little bit... Uh, there were a few artifacts in there, but I quite enjoyed it. Did you You think you might... <laughs> I, I I, just... Uh, when Rich yawns, it's not because he's bored. It's just because he's really tired. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. We appreciate you joining
3: us. <laughs> Did you get a chance to look? Uh, yeah, that? It, looked, it looked really interesting to me for people who want to do what that thing does, um, and and it ties into other sort of spectral analysis tools that we've discussed in the past and may even be discussing later today. Very true. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed their little demo. I'm not quite sure what I would do with it, but. Uh, it was able to remove a snare drum just fine. That was interesting.
0: Well, I, I mean, I'm guessing you might be able to use it just for sort of, well, I mean, mash but using stuff that you, you know, reject, rejecting things that you don't want that maybe you want to take from either multi-track audio or from loops or whatever, which is, you know, is has got to be a useful feature in some respects.
3: I, I suppose if you have a loop that's perfect except for that harmonica player, then Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know, Dave, you uh, you're impressed with this? Has is it, is it, is there been some sort of advance in spectral analysis recently that means that we're seeing a lot more of this?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's interesting that this and the other thing we're going to talk about came along at the, pretty much the same time. I quite like the idea. I'd like it if this was kind of remote so that I could take it into restaurants and then use it to eliminate all of the background music that I didn't like. Nice idea. <laughs> well, maybe I we that could... would be really. That would be a good app, a good use for it.
0: Maybe we could use it for, um, you know, uh, like noise rejection, that sort of thing. So noise
1: cancellation almost. Yeah, imagine it at NAM or something like that. So it's like, right, destroy everybody else's audio except mine. <laughs> Destruction.
0: Yeah anyway it's pretty cool Quick Quack have done some interesting things actually they did some uh, some quite interesting uh, impulse responses where you could fill spaces with numbers of people and also crowd simulators they got some really off the wall stuff and really really quite interesting use of uh, technology I like I like their their angle on things they do a lot of other different plugins which are also pretty cool So um well that was Quick Quack uh, that was all done, uh, well done, very, very good. Mark, you've already had a word on this, haven't you? Um, so I, I'm not leaving you out, it's just Rich joined us in the middle, so uh, just I'm just refreshing my own memory because I can't remember anything at the moment.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: I will play my... Uh, just wanted to play that for a second. <laughs> uh, Rich, I've got the Expert <laughs> Sleepers thing hooked up here. I got it in for review. It, you know, remember the which, thing that... Which... The Expert Sleepers is the ADAT to... Uh, eight DC coupled audio outputs that you can use for controlling when combined with uh, the software. It's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. As your head yeah, wants to would. know if you're going to get a Brazilian while you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm assuming, you know what a Brazilian is in terms of.
3: No, not in the sense, not in the
2: context you just used it. No,
0: <laughs> it's waxing to do with waxing. I'm pretty sure you probably
2: oh, I won't. See. <laughs> and it hurts. I see. Well, I, I don't know that it hurts. I've heard that it hurts. Yes, right.
0: Um I also got uh, a couple of emails asking about microtonal because we talked about microtonal, and then we actually didn't discuss what exactly it was. So I just wondered whether or not there was a clarification. If am I right? In uh, I got an email from JPD in also is in New Zealand. Fancy that. That's two listeners I know of from New Zealand um, who said he doesn't usually have the ability to stay up as uh, as late as uh, Steve, Kiwi Steve does, who's in the chat room today. So hello to you, Kiwi Steve. But he did say I really enjoyed last week's podcast, but I still. Not not quite sure what microtonal is, and I thought, oh well, no, I'm not sure we actually strictly um, defined it. Anyone care to have a crack at that?:
2: I was just going to say that it means that things aren't in uh, logarithm log, oh God, can I say that logarithmically derived intervals. So Pythagoras worked out the intervals between musical notes, and it's based on the log scale, so there's an even interval between each note. And microtonal is when you start messing around with those incre- increments in micro- microscopic amounts. God, I can't say all these big words. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, all right. So, you, my, you're basically you, I, you're, you're basically you're changing the intervals between the notes, so you can have something that's uh, more than uh, what is it? A hundred cents? It might be one hundred and twenty, or it might be thirty cents between the notes, rather than. Yeah,
2: exactly. Right. That's that's
0: kind of but and, and some of the synthesizers and some of the software stuff allows you to actually define your own user scales, right?
2: K two thousand is really good for it. Actually, it's got like a lot of different ways of um, of doing that.
3: Right. Okay. Cool. Well, there's a difference between tuned scales that are what, the best. The easiest way I think there is to understand microtonality is that it refers to the subdividing of an octave by something other than 12.
0: Ah, right, okay.
3: So, for example, one of the most famous exponents of this, and it doesn't sound um, at all harsh or clangorous or weird as you listen to this man's music, was a guy called Harry Parch, who used to design his own instruments to perform this music that he would write for microtonal scales. And quite often he would use... I don't remember if it was a 43 or a 44 note octave where things are being subdivided into much smaller. Anyway, Harry Parch is really the best place to go as far as I know to listen to music that doesn't sound really wacky that is done with microtonal instruments that were custom designed to play like that. Ah, And so when I talk about microtonal, I'm talking about not the chromatic scale. Right, or I got some derived version of it, some subdivision of the octave that's different than 12.
0: Right, gotcha. Well, I hope that clarifies matters for everybody. Thank you very much. Um, right, uh, let's move on to another one of our uh, topics. Uh, we've also got, um, and I think, Rich, you passed this on, this is the iSyn Poly, which is uh, from Veersyn. It's, uh, it's an iPad app. If I just flip to the... Uh... Uh, it's it's basically as far as I can tell, it's a kind of another one of these multi uh, environment uh, music creation tools on iPad. It's got three synthesizers, got a drum page, a synth page, three of those, and there's three oscillators on the synth, multi mode filter, sequencer page, uh, help page, which is also handy. And uh, there's a video there that is uh, I wonder if I'll play. if that will play. Let's have a look. Welcome Let's to another like.
3: demo from Audiomidi.com. Today we're looking at iSyn Poly. It's a complete electronic music studio for your iPad, featuring three independent synthesizers, a drum machine, and most importantly, a full sequencer to record them. The drum machine allows you to play live or with a step sequencer.
0: Anyway, that was uh, just a brief introduction from Audio MIDI Guys. Um, Rich, I'm guessing, did you get a chance to to play with this? I'm guessing if you've been flying, you probably haven't.
3: I haven't actually played with it, but
0: I've watched their demo video a few times. Yeah, look, kind of cool. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I haven't, don't own any Veersin instruments. I know, uh, Dave, you, didn't they do Lounge Lizard? Is that theirs?
1: No, that's Applied Acoustics.
0: Uh, okay, no, they did a really interesting vocal thing, didn't they? V-O-K-L or V-O-K-L, V-O-K-A-L, I forget which. Uh, and anal- uh, vocal modeler and things like that? Am I right or am I rambling?
1: I'm pretty sure, I know they have done a vocoder. I can't remember what it's called, to be honest uh they did that verse in what was it terror and other yeah other bits and pieces
0: Terror's supposed to be um pretty pretty well thought of as far as i can gather uh, anyway six quid uh, about 10 bucks so uh, another yeah another application for the ipad that uh, is kind of gives you a music production environment as does the fruity loops uh if i go to that now i think we might have something on that yeah i think mark you'll probably be interested in this is the the fruity loops for iOS. In fact, actually, before I do that, I think I should probably go to the um, uh, a, a word from our sponsors. So I'm just going to say her thank you to the show sponsors, who are in fact Yamaha. Uh, what you're seeing here of the video, if you're watching the video, are the beautiful, sexy sort of flyby shots of their N8 and N12 analog mixers with uh, digital audio interface uh, based on FireWire. Uh, they are. Uh, They've got characterised N mic preamp, uh, sweet spot morphing compressor on each channel, advanced integration with Cubase. I think you get a copy of Cubase AI with it. High Z input for direct guitar and bass recording, wide-ranging musical EQ, high-resolution Rev-X reverb, uh, integrated pro-level le- monitoring suite, auxiliary sends for art- artist or external monitoring or processing, dry-wet monitoring control, 24-bit 96K digital quality. Uh, in fact, the mic preamps are the same as in uh, the audio interface that uh, PJ just bought, which I think is a Steinberg one, which he says absolutely awesome so maybe you should uh, go and check one out uh, I'm sure Yamaha would love you to I mean that's why they're that's why they're sponsoring the show for God's sake so um, if you get a chance go to YamahaSynth.com or Download.com and go to check the Pulse stores in uh, the UK where they're sort of stores within stores and you should be able to get hold of one and run some audio through it check out what they sound like see what the features are like uh, and the same in the US if you head to the US and uh, the major Yamaha dealers should have one in stock and go check it out so once again we thank Thank yamahasynth.com for the continued sponsorship of the show. That's yamahasynth.com and also yamahadownload.com. So thank you very much. So um, sponsorship over. Uh, Let's take a look at the Fruity Loops. Now this actually is a pretty awesome.
1: Welcome to FL Studio Mobile. This tutorial will take you through the basics of making a complete track. So let's start on the Projects tab with the new Projects button. And we'll go to the Tracks tab.
0: The default screen on the Tracks tab is the Step Sequencer, and that's all about programming percussion. You can select it with the Step Sequencer button up here. Alternatively, the Track Editor button shows the instrument and tracks we're recording into. We're using the Step Track, and let's program in some percussion. This is a quick way Just to get feed a feed it forward a little bit, so we can find some more music. There we go. There's some. Right, I'm not going to f- play the whole video, but uh, this is the news that f- uh, Fruity Loops S- Studio Mobile and f- Fruity Loops Studio Mobile HD uh, is available for iOS devices and iPad. The HD is for the iPad. It's compatible with the FL Studio desktop version, instrument kits, 5 effects, reverb, equalizer, amp filter, piano roll editor, step sequencer, drum pads, drum loops, import, export, mix down to WAV. Now, I know, Mark, you're a big fan of Fruity Loops, always have been, I and mean, it's a PC-only program. And this is, some people are sort of saying, oh, the first time, in 19 years that image line have done anything for the mac um have you got this um what do you feel how 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 is it
2: i've got it here
0: Woo! oh on the iphone how is it
2: brilliant absolutely brilliant and what i like about it is it's kind of gone back to its um hang on a minute i've got an echo
0: oh sorry about that my fault should be gone now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I find it disconcerting to speak. Um, what I like about it is it's gone back to the, sort of the basics of that program. So when I first started using it on the PC, I don't think I started right at version one. Maybe I did. I can't remember. But it was, it was very simple. And I, I've always loved step programs. Step programming and constructing things out of patterns, so it suits me perfectly, and it makes doing things like weird time signatures really easy because you can lay the, the grid of the keys out to sort of see where you're going with it and sort of make these weird beats and stuff. So, um, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. I, I don't even know how I managed to find out it was coming out because maybe they tweeted it or something, and I'm following them on Twitter. But I think I bought it within about five hours of it being released, so and I've been playing with it ever since.
0: I, I'm sure it must be even better on the iPad. Now, just to say, uh, FL mode for mobile is nine dollars ninety nine, and the HD version is fourteen ninety nine. Um, it just seems like we're starting to get, you know, ma- more maturity into the iPad and iOS uh, stuff. I mean, it really is. I know we, this seems to be like a mantra we keep repeating, but it does actually appear to be more and more the case. Uh, Dave, um, do you think um, this is something that we we should be uh, embracing with open joy, or are you kind of missing the, uh, the the full functionality of your, you know, your
1: your full door? Uh, Yeah, the latter, which is why I haven't jumped on the whole iPad thing. I nearly went and bought an iPad uh, probably a couple of weeks ago. And the deal breaker for me was that you can't run separate accounts on it, can you? No, that's true. It's just one global account. And I didn't want my nipper, you know, screwing with my email stuff and whatnot. So it was just like, ah, okay. And the guy in the store, in fact, I've got a feeling it was a bath store, said, um... Well of course you have to buy your, it's better to buy another one for your nipper. And I thought <laughs> yeah. There's an element of that to all of this though, isn't it? How many apps can you run at a time on an iPad? I really have no
0: idea. I think it depends what they are and how many resources they use. Certainly the new iOS uh allow, I think it's one at a time, isn't it?
2: I think you can yeah. run more than one app at a time, but I think when you start using sound channels up if they don't if they're not designed to share sound in the same way as uh, your computer is now then you you know one audio program will just cut another one off because the drivers are like the old PC drivers where it was sort of like you know once a program had hold of the audio that was it
1: in which case, I'm just going to stick with Milapi for the time being, I think.
0: Fair enough. I mean, uh, speaking of, um, uh, Rob, uh, GS in the chat room says, Nano Studios also uh, seems to offer more than FL Studio. And that's true. Nano Studios are a great um, uh, sort of door sequencing app, and it does sound pretty good. Uh, speaking of uh, laptops, i just like to say that I, uh, op- I finally optimized opt- used the optical outputs on the uh, on on the MacBook and the um the main computer now so any stuff I'm playing back from my MacBook Pro comes into the uh the Yamaha DM1000 digitally I've got a optical to coax converter and then I've also got a coax to optical converter that takes the audio into the uh, the Skype feed and the stuff that you're hearing optically into the computer. So I've got no analogue anymore. And that has actually changed things quite a bit. That's just an aside. It has absolutely nothing to do with uh, the Fruity Loops. <laughs> whatsoever. I just thought I'd mention it.
2: Now, I was ahead, gonna, so I should mention that I've got Nano Studio and Fruity Loops and that I see that they have different strengths for different things. So while Nano Studio seems quite good for recording in a linear sort of, you know, our cue-based way, I suppose, is the way I'm, I'm thinking of it. Uh, Fruity Loops, for me, is like using a TR-909. It has that same, I mean, the keys even remind me of the TR-909 or the 808. So it has that sort of 16-step, step-programmed kind of pattern feel, mm. whereas Nano Studio, for me, is much more Yeah, it's more uh, recorded performance, performance cut and
0: paste kind of thing. Yes, that's true.
2: Yeah. But mm. Nano Studio also has fantastic sounds in terms of if you want to make 80s-style acid house. I think, it's, I think whoever put that program together was probably uh, you know, influenced quite strongly by that era. Ooh.
0: This thing sounds amazing. I'll tell you what. <laughs> nice shot, Rich. Rich with an apple. This, uh, I'm just going back to this, just because I'm, I'm really psyched about it. I've got one voice playing on the Monopoly, one voice playing on the uh, dope for a one voice on the Dark Energy. And all this kind of ring mod kind of stuff. It's just happening with the speed of the LFO, which goes really high. So you've got this amazing amount of control. Anyway, I I won't go on. You'll have to wait for the review, but I just wanted to mention it again because I am really psyched about it. And uh, to be honest, I've spent such a long time figuring out how to get it to work that I kind of want to tell the world about it because otherwise it'll it'll just be gone (laughs) and all the effort will be lost and I'll just have to keep it to myself. Um, Anyway, uh, so FL Studio uh, available now um, and um, people are very excited about it. Right, and going back to, uh, we've got another topic, which is also quite interesting, um, based on the, uh, well, this is spectral layers, and this is the idea of sort of using image photo, uh, image editing a la Photoshop, Um, and still using the spectrograph uh, to to edit audio and extract things. So let me see if I can actually uh, get this to work all right. Basically, it enables you to sort of identify elements of the audio again using the spectrogram and extract them into separate layers. So, here, what they're doing is they're, it's, it's, I think it's one of those whirly kind of uh, tubes, and he's just pulling it out from the audio. You're just hearing that using a filter uh, a frequency selection tool, and he's going to extract it from the audio, and then you're just left with the background noise and you, or just the aud- audio itself. And it's very similar to what's been going on with the isotope. Uh, Oh, what's the what's the tools? The isotope uh stuff. But this is RX. much more RX, that's right, but this is it sort of seems to take it to another level again. So um As far as I can tell, this is actually in you know, still in kind of beta and not, not really kind of for release yet. But it looks again like another way of just accessing audio and kind of great for sound design, don't you think, Dave?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you,
0: you, myself again. you use you use RX, don't you? Anyway,
1: and yeah, and I couldn't see that. Uh, apart from a couple of tools, I couldn't see that much difference between this and RX2. Anyway, I mean, RX2 is my kind of. It really is my go-to gizmo for neat little sound design things.
0: Does it enable you to actually extract multiple layers within a single document?
1: No, but I can cut and paste. So that's, for me, that's really quite an essential thing. I can cut certain areas of a spectrogram and then paste them onto others. So in effect, kind of build it up layers, but I can't go that deep. You can't sort of go back. I
0: mean, I guess the thing is you can't then sort of do it in sort of layers, but it doesn't seem like it's very far away from that being the case.
1: Yeah, no, neat. Very neat. Very interesting. But yeah, incredibly close to RX2, it seems. It's by a company
0: called uh, Divide Frame. Um, they're looking for contacts f- and funding, <laughs> so it's not released. Uh, I just wonder, what, what do you think you could pa- you know, What sort of thing would this be worth? I mean, because I know we've seen that in the past there have been a couple of things that we've looked at over the years, uh, sort of visual-based editing, which haven't been quite as advanced as this, and they've been sort of freeware or cheapware. You think it's, uh, you know, is it worth a hefty sum, or would you kind of, you know, is it got to be under 100 bucks?
1: No, I think uh, I can't remember how much RX two is, but I mean I think that's pretty damn reasonably priced. That's certainly over a hundred, isn't it? It's about I think it's about two or three hundred bucks, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's point. Yeah, they do two versions. They're they doing advanced, which is very detailed. Uh, that's the one I use. That's quite expensive. And then they do another slightly lesser advanced one. Um, yeah, no, I can imagine. You know, it depends. If you're going to put it on an iPad, then you're going to charge a couple of bucks for it, aren't you? Well, that's the that's the <laughs> differential.
0: I know, Rich, there's something, again, this sort of comes back to sort of, is it something that you could use? I suppose it's similar to the whole Melodyne DNA thing, but it's sort of more spectrographic rather than frequency-based, or, or am I um, not getting it?
3: Well, no, I could use it. I just don't have a reason to use it, much as I have had RX advanced for a year, and I haven't found a reason to use that either. But, but um, one of the things I remember about RX was that it would identify what it describes is the full harmonic spectrum of a given sound. So when you highlighted a particular thing, all of its associated harmonics could be selected as well. Now, this thing doesn't offer that graphically, but seems to do the same thing when you do identify a sound, even though you don't see it that way. So um, I'm not sure if it is, in fact, doing the same thing or not, but this thing looked like a really pretty cool tool. And, yes, very isotope like and... uh, I suppose, much like with that mashup thing, that for people who have some sort of source material from which they want to remove a particular aspect, it could be very useful.
0: Lagrange audio in the chat room says the tech has been around for a while now, but it's the UIs that are, are catching up, and that's quite interesting because there is a there's a very much of a similarity. You know, the way that spectrograph is. Uh, is display there must be just that maybe that is there like a library that you can access or or maybe something in apple code that enables you to display this which is why they all look quite similar that sort of blocky pixelated kind of way of looking at things
1: mm-hmm. uh, rx2 isn't 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 blocky or pixelated well no you know i mean there's the, the i don't mean. but you blocky, can very pixelated. clearly see the bands you know there's various yeah. um harmonic bands that's what i've it like about it and the ability to go in and isolate those or like Rich was saying if you use the magic wand you can select related harmonics uh, within a sound I think I think uh, the Grange audio is right I think it probably is you know a case of the GUI but don't forget a while ago and I don't know how long ago this was we talked about was it Aphex Twin put his face in a spectrogram wasn't that yeah, weird that was really that was
0: weird over. wasn't it yeah he he created sounds that looked really spooky
3: yeah well medicine allows the importation of graphics onto what is essentially a spectrogram like interface and it has done for 20 years now
2: i think what's different about these programs is i mean i've been you know using that kind of thing for a really long time as well i'm starting with maybe things like what is WaveLab or alchemy or spectrofoo or all those kinds of things and What makes these ones different is that you can go and actually just do something in a way that makes sense to someone other than a mathematician or somebody that understands all of the frequency bands. So simply by identifying what it is that you want to change by noticing that it's like got a slightly highlighted kind of area and then being able to draw on that and play around with that makes it incredibly different to trying to figure out what the bloody hell that you know whereabouts in the frequency band that thing is because even in with um alchemy you could see what was happening on the fft and everything but trying to isolate it and play around with that on a bloody atari st was impossible (laughs) yeah good luck
0: Uh, uh um Happy fun team in the chat room says, uh, "I'm looking for an audio plugin that will remove the audio from my stuff and automatically replace it with stuff that is good." I, I'm thinking we're not fu- we're, we're not far, we're not far off that yet, are we? I mean, it doesn't look that we're going to be too far away from that.
1: <laughs>
0: but I think actually, you know, the, the the just the way of editing the. I mean, I can think, you know, if you're isolating areas, of, if you could have this as a wave source for an oscillator and then feed all of that stuff then through, you know, a synthesis engine. So you have almost like, instead of a wave window, you have a resynthesis window that allows you to do all of this stuff and stretch and loop and all of those kind of things. This could be a really interesting way of creating very unique uh, sort of granular what-have-you kind of waveforms for feeding synthesizers. And that could be quite an intuitive way of creating sound sources, no?
2: Yeah. Yep. I absolutely think you're right. Yeah, Hmm. and if you could, if you can just go around sampling other things, if you can, if you can put two or more sounds into it, and then teach it the difference between those sounds, and then start finding in between sounds. That's when I want to see what I want to see it doing. So, like, you put a piano and a flute and a trumpet and a car crash in there, and then you can start, you know, digging around and seeing what they look like and getting it to make up a a sort of a, well, not a morphed version, but more like a a sort of an in-between version in a different way to morphing, maybe. I I really like the sound of that.
0: Dave, um, next synth you make, perhaps you could uh, incorporate some of that as a a, a waveform source, eh? Yeah, should be out by Christmas. Brilliant. Thanks very much. I look forward to it. (laughs) um the uh incidentally they also make a gpu gpu accelerator this is uh, divide frame uh, which you can actually buy it's a plugin for premiere in vegas allows you to take control take use of the gpu which is the on your graphics card to to accelerate the decoding and playback of h264 Um, video, in case you're interested. 95 bucks. I think I might actually get that for my video editing, because the files I'm generating are getting bigger and bigger and bigger at the moment. It just seems to be a never-ending battle to actually get a machine that can play it back. Um, Gosh, we've sort of flown through. Even though I was 20 minutes late on the podcast, we seem to have flown through the topics. That's either because I'm completely underprepared, have come up with a bunch of (laughs) crummy topics, or uh, there's just not much to say about them. I can't really decide which that could be. We could talk, I could talk I a bit more about the expert sleepers, if you like, but I'm guessing people might be a bit bored of that by now.
2: I think you're doing fabulously.
0: Thank you very much, Mark.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, just one other thing about the expert sleepers. I have to say, I'm, I'm using it in live. Um, I, did, I, I said it, you can run it in so many different ways, and there's also what's really cool is you can get CV back into MIDI, so you can record the CV back in and turn that into MIDI events. And record that, and you'll see so there's all sorts of ways you can use it. I must admit, I'm I'm I, I and I still don't understand. I know we talked about this before. I still don't understand how Motu's Volta can be so CPU hungry and not run in hardly any instances at all, whereas this thing can can just fly and hardly use any kind of uh any CPU in t- instance. I just don't get it. Weird, anyway. I, I honestly, Dave, you need to get this. Just you should get Silent want it. Yeah. You should you should get the Silent Way plugins anyway because they're 35 quid. And it'll just give well, you. Having,
1: having, having spent two days in Benji's studio last week, ah. we want we. I've managed to. I think I've managed to persuade Chris that we desperately, desperately need a giant modular system.
0: What were you doing in Benji's studio then? That's the uh, Benji and John Fox collaborator, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We were. We basically spent two days playing with the ARP 2500, the Moog modular, a Formant modular a Surge modular um, and a couple of other modules. Oh, the Roland modular and various other bits and pieces. Good fun. Brilliant.
0: Was there any purpose to this or
1: was it just uh, a bit of modular fest, love? Uh, Quite a lot of masturbating. and (laughs) No, there is is a purpose for it, but I can't say what that is right now. Fair enough. But, But it was great. It was a couple of days of kind of let's go and have some fun. I must admit, reviewing this expert sleeper stuff, I've
0: lost so many hours, just sort of go plug, 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 and then fiddle, 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 and it just seems, you know, it's just endless. It's mod- you do enter modular time very quickly, and I've only got about I've only got two modules, <laughs> and it's still taking up a load of my time.
1: <laughs> the surge was just- I have to say, the surge was amazing. I mean, the Moog was brilliant, and the 2500 was everything I expected, but the surge was just insane. I've never come across one. What's what's the sort of characteristics? Is it the oscillators,
0: the filters, or the the, the patching? What's, what's What have they got that makes it... Uh...
1: It's just the fact that you can patch on top... You know, using those banana cables, you can patch on top of patches. I mean, there's no keyboard to it. So basically, you just plug in and plug in and plug in. Great little sequencer. And uh, my plan worked, you see, because I thought, oh, I'll get on with a couple of other things, and I'll leave Chris to the... Uh, modular stuff and at the end of it he came out going we definitely need to get a big modular <laughs> went... excellent
3: well done there dave
1: nice bit of sales yeah, I, it was yeah it was a good job well done i was impressed
0: well i'm thinking now you know i'm, I'm starting to look on ebay for for modules that aren't control modules because i mean i want to get some filters and some uh and some more oscillators uh, basically to go in this uh, case because uh, here in the background if i switch to that uh, oh, I've got... Actually, I can switch. You see there, uh, the, the, or the listeners will see, uh, that's the uh, mono rocket M6B case. Uh, blue LEDs in the background. And there's obviously there's quite a lot of space there. and uh, I suppose I could go and get... Uh, I'm, I'm, I might go and get a few um, blanking panels, but I'd quite like to see if I can pick some stuff up on eBay and uh, see if I can actually get it to <laughs> just fill it up a bit. So I think everybody needs a modular in their life. I've come to the conclusion finally, I'm not sure what I'm going to use it for, but it's there.
3: It's like the anti-iPad, isn't it? Nick, on the subject of Surge, my recollection, and it's been a long time since I stood in front of one of these things, is that they offer certain kinds of modules that basically nobody else makes. Ah, okay. Uh, and, I, and it would be really useful at this point if I could actually cite a few of them, and I can't. But but uh, they do make some stuff that, that's unique, and... They probably straddle the Buchla side of the street a little more than the Moog-derived side of the street in terms of the way they approach things on their modules. It was, yeah,
1: it was very Buchla-like. Yeah, I've never, I've never
0: really had uh, time or inclination to play with Buchla, but I'm, I'm starting, or or I even had had one at my disposal. But uh, I'm wondering if I can. Do they? They're not in a Euro rack format, are they? Buchla by any chance? <laughs>
1: Oh, and they're insane money
0: now. Yeah, they are expensive, aren't they? What should I get next, then? I'm Just for...
1: keep filling it
0: up. I don't know. I, there was a Wasp filter on eBay, but it went for, like, 60 quid, and you can buy it for new for 60 quid. That's the problem with this stuff. You see it, you go, oh, that's cheap, and then it goes for the same amount a new one would go for. It sort of doesn't make any sense.
2: eBay never makes any sense.
0: I need to look somewhere else, obviously.
2: Yeah, just no, wait till the end of July, beginning of August when everyone's on holiday. Get it then.
0: That's a very wise words there, Mark. Very wise (laughs) words. So um, let's see. Well, we got another. Oh, we got vibrations. Let's see if I can find uh, and get that to work. Another topic, which is. uh, Oh, yeah, there we go. I quite like this one. this is uh, a company called oh, vibration oh, testers like flute corporation
3: vibration tester are
1: relatively new to the market and so we thought it and they
0: they make sort of scientific uh, devices for measuring sort of stuff you can't see like vibrations and high speed things and they made a video uh, which was really kind of cool uh, which you're seeing how they made here there uh, we go. That's the symbol.
3: Where you can see things vibrate. In essence, simulating what the vi- using
0: a thousand frames uh, per second uh, video camera, and uh, just did some really cool things. And it's, I mean, it's completely unrelated to their products in terms of they com- they don't always do. They don't make products that necessarily film things at a thousand frames a second, but they're just showing some really cool high speed photography. Now. I can't think of any reason why uh, this should be in the show other than it's sort of hidden attributes of things that we don't normally see. And it just seemed, I, I'm sure, wasn't there a phase in the sort of 60s or 70s or 80s where people got, uh, they, they, they started using the first high-speed film cameras and there was like the bullet through the peach and the drips and the drops and we seem to kind of be rediscovering all of that kind of stuff again. I wonder whether or not we'll soon be seeing um, to go with Wimbledon the Athena poster of the girl in the tennis court uh, hitching up her skirt. Uh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) know. Do you think
1: (laughs) that's been on my wall for thirty years? (laughs) Is that the (laughs) Uh, is this is this the sort of
0: video equivalent?
1: (laughs) I guess it is in a kind of yeah. I thought you were going to say something sensible about tennis balls.
0: Well, I have Um, been watching tennis. Wimbledon's on at the moment,
1: of course. Yes, I saw a tiny bit yesterday and thought, I don't know who any of these people are anymore. Ah, well, anyway, that's, that. that's some great yes. stuff. Some great stuff. Um,
0: Cool, though, the symbol. I mean, what's amazing is just how much movement is put through these things when you hit a symbol. I mean, it's just massive, and you just don't think that... You think, oh, how does that happen? How can we not see that sort of level of movement? It's quite interesting stuff.
1: The way oh. it flexes is awesome.
0: Uh, ma- Anything to add, Mark? Being an engineer, Do that, that, that make any tools that you could use for listening to creaks and groans of your motorcycle engines?
2: I would love to listen to some of the creaks and groans of my motorcycle engine. Um, I mean, it just... Tai Chi comes to mind, actually, because I, I don't actually know what half the moves that happen are in Tai Chi. Things happen in your body that you don't really notice are happening, if that makes any sense. So if you could slow it down and see what actually happens, like when they the kind of kung fu things, when people are cutting through like blocks of wood and all that sort of stuff. I want to see more of that. Um, I mean, I'd, this is something that's been around for a long time, though, that kind of slowed down photography, isn't it? I suppose nobody's really applied it to things that make particularly loud noises. But I found it really interesting.
1: A thousand frames a second is pretty radical. It is, yeah. I think the Radiohead guys, you know, when they used that, uh, I can't remember what the video was, with the car crash thing, um, I think that was about 300 frames a second. So a 1,000 is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I, I, know. I can't remember what the name of the camera was, but it uh, looked pretty fun. I know, Rich, do you get, I mean, can you, I mean, it's like that thing also, I, mean, I suppose the only thing that I can think of that is similar in the audio world is uh, slowing down, you know, and so you can hear them, they sound like birds, you know, so you can bring them down into the audio spectrum. Are there any kind of examples of that how you would use that in music production, that kind of technique?
3: Well, I think we've seen some of that in the extreme uh, time shifting of of source sounds where people are using time expansion programs to take a, you know, half second event and turn it into a thirty second event. And so to some extent you get it with that. And I, you know, the only other thing I could think of is the vast manipulation of low frequencies that takes place in movie scores these days. Uh, I was recently watching part of Inception, so that comes to mind. But um, they're really playing with the low end now because people have playback systems where they might be able to hear it. And so they do a lot more low frequency manipulation other than just the sort of shock and awe explosion stuff that used to come about. In your surround movie theaters in the early days. Now they're really manipulating the low frequency a lot and creating a lot more activity down there. Um, And whether they're using slowed down uh, sources or not, I can't say, but uh, those are two aspects that come to mind.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, John Van Eaton and a couple of other people in the chat room—the uh, pull stretch thing. Remember, there was that uh, was it, eight hundred percent slowed down Justin Bieber track, which just sounded awesomely right. different and quite beautiful. I suppose that's something that's that's a sort of similar principle, isn't it? And now, I mean, because oh. we've we've not had uh, this extreme time stretch available to us for all that long. In fact, I'm not hearing it an awful lot, Dave. Are you, is something you've used in sound design much, where you take it right, right down and get that kind of granular beauty to it? No. Okay.
2: <laughs> I have. Can I hold my hand up and say I have? Yes, I please, do, a please do. Flashback generator by slowing things down like ridiculous amounts, ridiculous amounts. So it was taking like guitar chords and things, and then uh, I, but I used Sony's. Well, it wasn't Sony's then. Soundforge when they first got that time stretch engine, really good. All right, and I actually yeah. like. The granular kind of quality of it as well, when it starts breaking things up into sort of like things happen, and then it resynthesizes the bits in between. So, the way it resynthesizes the bits in between makes some kind of fairly new and unique sounds. I suppose I should put
0: it online or something. Shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, Howie in the chat room, that's Howard Scar, of course. Uh, famed sound designer says the V-Synth freeze function was uh, something similar. I'm guessing what makes these things work in terms of audio, like the pull stretch, is the interpolation between, you know, when you pull yeah. things apart that much, the stuff that happens in the gaps, you know, the cross-fading yeah. or whatever, that makes it smoother and makes it sort of more uh, palatable and more sort of smooth sounding is, is what we're benefiting from.
2: I mean, what's really cool about SoundForge is that it allows you to adjust the way that it's doing that in, like, loads and loads of different ways. So you can actually play around with the result. But the the new stuff in Pro Tools is really cool, isn't it?
0: I I haven't used that.
2: Oh, it's really cool, really. You can go 800 times in that and sort of play around with the the way that it does it, whether it thinks it's a monophonic or polyphonic source. uh, you get some really good kind of effects by doing that. So hmm,
0: Interesting. Well, um, I think we're probably, um, it seems like we've kind of got to the end of our topic list. I don't know if anybody has anything to add. So, Rich, when's your gig? Is it, you've you got a couple of days to recover from the uh, the, the trip first?
3: My, my gig's tomorrow night. Ah, okay. So I have today to basically sleep it off and uh, have a little bit of Brazilian fun later, and then tomorrow is check and gig. Whereabouts in Brazil are you? Sao Paulo.
0: Ah, okay. I have a friend who's in Brazil, lives in Brazil. Let's try ah. to remember where. I don't know where he lives. I think he's, He. he I don't know where he's close to. Probably not Sao Paulo.
3: You know, it's immense. Yeah, so, it's a the, big place. Even, even the city of Sao Paulo, as we drove here from the airport, I couldn't believe how spread out it is. It's really massive, this city. I didn't realize it was so big.
0: So and, what's up? Uh, what sort of numbers are you playing for? What sort of numbers are you playing for? Is it a big gig?
3: Oh, I don't know. It's a private corporate thing. Uh, I don't know the, what the numbers ah, are. okay. It's a big hotel, but I don't know what, how many people are coming to the show.
0: Alright, right. Okay.
3: Um, but oh, um, on the subject of our show sponsor, Yamaha. Yes. Uh, last week, I had the great privilege to see the new Chick Corea Return to Forever Band which includes Jean-Luc Ponty on violin and Frank Gambali on guitar, replacing Aldi Miolo, which is nothing but good stuff to me. And uh, the show is really fantastic. Well, it exceeded my expectations enormously, and I already assumed that it would be great. Um, But the reason I bring it up is because Chick is very, very dug in with his Yamaha keyboards. He's got a couple of the new motifs on stage. Uh, one of the real big ones and one of this one of the, with the number six on it. And then, excuse me, he also had a Moog Voyager and a little fatty and a grand piano. And uh, it was quite a great show. And apparently, these new motifs will host uh, in flash memory, will host uh, sample sets, uh, user created sample sets. And he's got his own sampled roads in the thing. And it really did sound great.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, In fact, um, I can't remember what the the company is now, but uh, I know there are a couple of companies who are making... For the Is it the XS or XF? It's the new one, which has the flash ROM. You can get up to two gigs of flash ROM in it. It takes a while to load it up, but you can put your own stuff in there and create uh, these libraries. And yeah, you can. I mean, and it's just instant access. Once you've got it all loaded up there, it's kind of, you're good to go. I mean, that's one of the really impressive things about, and I must admit, you know, I've never been all that excited about the Yamaha workstation way of doing things until I reviewed the uh, Mach 6, which I've got here, which I think actually um, kind of really opened my eyes to sort of how good, the sounds and the synthesis and all of that, all those sort of functions you've got, actually. And, uh, you know, this is the lower end of the motif engine. I can't imagine what you can get up to in, a, in an XF. I mean, it must be vast. Um, this, I mean, all the effects on here, I'm just processing via the A to D input because uh, it just seemed a lot easier. I'm just bringing the, the, this back into the Yamaha Mox and just running a couple of inserts effects across it and a... And a and you know that's that's easy. It's a little compressor, EQ, and some reverb and a delay, and it's just like well, real time. Thank you very much. It's great, actually. I, I think um, I think the problem is because of their their expense. As, you know, I mean, they're, they're not cheap instruments. You know, they're they're high end instruments. The kind of people that generally afford them are not necessarily seen as the pioneers and the at the current pioneers of the cutting edge of music stuff. So they don't necessarily get thought of in terms of you know. Uh, I got to have this to have the most cutting-edge synthesis sounds. But in fact, I think you can actually do quite a lot in them, which uh, I just don't think is perhaps um, people are aware of. Mm-hmm.
2: Can I sorry, be very what? excited again? Yes, oh, go sorry. on, Mark. I'm really, really—I just can't tell you how excited I am about this bloody synth that I've found—the Audio GL thing that Simon Mundy told me about. I've put the link in the link show notes again because it's got this like. Three-dimensional interface, so you're you're watching the timelines of all the different instruments coming out of the screen at you, and then you can go into all of the modules and play with them in three dimensions. And it sounds absolutely amazing. And in terms of like, I don't know what synthesis engine it's using, but in terms of new sounds, I I uh, downloaded the demo track and played it in my car, and it's like the most forward kind of thinking sound that I've heard for a really long time. So I'm uh, in turn, I almost think that that's uh, on the verge of being a new kind uh. of synthesis, definitely a new kind of interface. We'll have well, maybe mean, we should we should have a
0: look at that next week. I think if I'm, yeah, not, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think PJ is going to be with us, it, physically in the room next week. So uh, um, maybe we can get that. Uh, I'll have to move all, this, all wow. the all uh, the all the synths and stuff because he he'll be sitting about there. <laughs> so have to get oh, right. that to work. But um, so yeah, maybe we can maybe we can check that out. Thanks for the tip, Mark. Uh, all that we got to do now is uh, if anybody has any ideas for titles, um, please fly it into the chat room. I know there's a there's quite a lot, large number of people in there so please just uh just fire it in if you uh if you feel uh the urge with a uh, for, for a show title and we'll uh, we'll do it I want to thank Kiwi Steve for his it's sort of it was a late bloomer because uh, for the sh- for the uh, title last week but thank you very much to Kiwi Steve for that so uh, we'll keep an eye out for that just put title and then the title and we can we can take a look at that and use it for the show but I think uh now we're probably get drawing towards the end um we'll say thank you very oh. much to sorry mark yes
2: Yeah, while I cut you off as well, I'm aware that I actually cut Rich off in the middle of saying something when I got excited about synthesizers. So was there something he needed to say or...? or uh, Am I now during the same? Hey, <laughs> I'm way too tired to remember what I said 30 seconds ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's very kind of you to uh, interject. So, um, so uh, uh, what's the word? Generously, there, Mark. Thank you very much. But it doesn't matter. Um, we'll say, well, we'll say goodbye to you first of all, Mark. Uh, Mark Tinley, uh, likebeing.com. dot com. Thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate you coming in. Um, those biscuits have obviously kept your your son uh, happy and uh, out of your hair today
2: yeah i probably shouldn't have eaten one myself i've now got like you know sugar madness
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyway cheers mark and uh over there over uh over there we got dave spears g4 software.com thank you for joining us i know you've been very busy i hope this has given you some light relief from your uh heavy workload
1: yeah it's been a welcome distraction thank you very much
0: well thank you and also i will say thank you very much to rich hilton uh from uh well he's in sao paulo brazil just about to do a sheet gig tomorrow night so if you're if you if you're wandering the streets you might see him around but thank you very much rich for joining us hiltonius on myspace and facebook and all those places hope you have a nice restful night and i'm guessing you're probably going to maybe enjoy a steak isn't it that what you have in brazil
3: that's, I've been told that we're being taken to a place where you can get the serious Brazilian beef tonight.
0: Nice. Are you sure so, that's food? It's... I hope so. Ha!
3: <laughs> anyway, In Rich. But... You to me, yes. So I was pretty sure it was restaurant father.
0: Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, everybody in the chat room. Also, thank you to Yamaha uh, for their continued sponsorship of the show and uh, for all of the topics. Uh, I'm sure I'll be able to do better next week, and now I've got everything organised. Uh, it's just this this distraction of analogue synthesis. It's, it's really, uh, I think it's just filled my mind, and I have to say, uh, looking forward to getting this review out there, and we'll have some more uh, reviews coming up in the future. Gave me the excuse to get the old Monopoly out there as well again, which I don't get to see, to get to use that often, so... And it seems it only works via CV in. That's probably um, good news, in fact. So um, that was Sonic Talk number 223. Uh, I think I'll play us out with a couple of sounds just because uh, I haven't got any music to play. Hold on one second. <laughs>